There we go. That's all right. No worries. So I used to work at. I used to do home missions. We didn't have a mic. We just we just yelled. Um, so this is this is a step up. All right. So not, yeah, this is not bad. Uh, but yeah, Happy Father's Day. Um, part of all making disciples of all is having strong fathers and strong men in our congregation and in our communities. Uh, it's a big deal. It's a big deal. Not only do we want strong mothers, but we want strong fathers and strong families. Um, amen. So, so glad for that. Um, I did want to say that um, for the conversations around the well, we will be meeting at the fellowship hall. Um, and it's a good problem to have. It's because uh, a lot of you are participating. So that's a good thing. So we just don't have enough room. Um, so we're, we've had to expand. It's a good problem to have. So I'm um, looking forward to spending time with everybody this Friday, uh, June 24th at 7 p.m. Amen. Amen. Well, I have a story to tell you. Of course, I always start with stories. But it was a typical Wednesday and had recently arrived home to find that the kids were dressed and ready to go to the library. They were going to go practice reading in front of dogs. The program is called pause for reading and um meg was going to take the two older kids and i got the rare opportunity to hang out with my youngest joel and so we decided to take a walk in our neighborhood and for once he was not in a stroller but he was walking on his own on the sidewalks where days earlier he only saw it from the comfort of a stroller so i decided to let him run ahead of me and he would stop study the grass and then he would find one amazing piece of rock, and we would both look at the rock together. Then he would show me another rock that looked like the previous rock, but this one was different. And I don't know how different, but it must have been different because he kept showing it to me from a different angle. That's an amazing rock. Then he would ride up ahead, and he'd look next at the next great rock. He didn't have to hurry up or move quickly, he was able to go at his own pace, not pressured by the different tempo of his two older siblings. And I noticed something as we did our walk in our sleepy little neighborhood. Every time he moved ahead of me as he walked, he would stop, turn back, and look at me. He wanted to make sure I could see him. He wanted to make sure that he could see me. Once he saw that I was near him, he would go right back to exploring. And I thought he would do that just for the first part of the walk, and then maybe he'd get the sense that I was not going to go him and not let him out of my sight. But no, for the entire walk, he kept doing the same thing. He'd run five feet ahead of me, then he'd look back just to make sure I'd not lose sight of him. Then he moved ahead, found something else that was interesting. Then again, he'd quickly turn back to make sure I didn't leave him. 
He kept moving and he kept looking. He kept moving and he kept looking. Well, I wanted to make sure I did not forget about him or I didn't move on to something more valuable or more precious. He wanted to make sure I was right there watching him the entire time. Right next to him. And I was always surprised by his face. A quick moment of panic when he realized he'd ventured too far and the quick glance of relief when his little eye caught mine. I'm right here, pal. I haven't gone anywhere. Trust me, I'm not going to lose sight of you. I see you. I'm right here. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. I am still here. And that is the title of my message here this morning. A reminder. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. I haven't abandoned you. I'm right next to you. I know, I know you got distracted by the rock, but I'm still here. It makes me think of this great story of the prodigal son and the parable of this compassionate father. And it begins in Luke 15, verse 11. Then Jesus said, here's Jesus. He's talking about the value of people. He first talked about the coin and the sheep. And now he talks about these two sons. A man had two sons. The younger of them said to his father, forgive me. I'm sorry, his father. Father, give me the share of the estate that will belong to me. So he divided his assets between them. And after a few days, the younger son gathered together all he had. And he left on a journey to a distant country. And there he squandered his wealth with a wild lifestyle. I love that, a wild lifestyle. That's the Greek for esotos, translated as desolute, licentiousness. The prodigal son just didn't spend all his money at the local Target store or on Bitcoin. He wasn't going to expensive restaurants. No, he spent all his money on prostitutes. He spent all his money on whorehouses. He spent all his money on the wrong things. And the Bible wants to make sure you understand that. And it's amazing when the money disappeared, his so-called friends also disappeared with it. One way to tell if you have real friends or fake friends is when you have nothing to offer to them and they're still your friend. There you go. That's the litmus test. He was literally at the bottom of the barrel. Not only did you, not only did he do something that you would never, ever do in a Middle Eastern culture by asking for your inheritance ahead of time, but he literally squandered it all on hookers and drinks with fake friends. I want to make sure we get the image here. This isn't just some guy who just decided to go blow his money on some poor investment choice. No, he completely went off the deep end. And the Bible wants to make sure we understand that. He's completely off the deep end. He's, he's addicted. He's, 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 he's lost. That's why he's the prodigal son. He's lost. Then after he had spent everything, verse 14, a severe famine took place in that country, and he began to be in need. So he went and worked for one of the citizens of that country who sent him into his fields to feed the pigs. And he was longing to eat the carob pods the pigs were eating, 
but no one gave him anything. The carapods. I feel I need to explain what carapods are. It's an ancient feed for animals, predominantly found in Syria, Israel, and Egypt. It is incredibly bitter and has little to no nutritional value. No one eats this bean willingly. It's always used in an act of desperation. It's bitter, has no, absolute no nutritional value. I mean, if it's bitter and it's a superfood, it's one thing. It's going it's to make you have great eyesight. No, no, this, this has absolutely no, no benefit at all. And it, it, it tastes incredibly terrible. The worst choice of food. And here we see the prodigal son looking longingly to eat this terrible, terrible food. He's not even able to eat this bitter food. On the brink of starvation at death's door, it finally clicks for him. And, be, and But when he comes to his senses, that's what 17 says, he, he finally clicks and comes to his senses. And he says, how many of my father's hired workers have enough food to spare, but here I am dying from hunger. He comes to his senses. He becomes aware of where he's at. He becomes aware of his circumstances. I will get up and go to my father. I'm still here. I'm still here. I haven't gone anywhere. I have you in my sight. You have not disappeared from my view. He understood the father was still there waiting for him. He understood that he could go back to his father. I have not disappeared. It's as if he's looking at a piece of rock and it dawns on him, my father is still right behind me. He's still here. Some of us, we've been eating a lot of carapods, my friends. And we're going to have to come to our senses that there's something better. God's got something way better than the bitter food you've been eating. See, the problem is you've gotten used to it. You think this is normal, this bitterness, this terrible food that you're eating, and you don't realize it has no nutritional value that ultimately is going to lead to death. And God's saying, i got something better for you. I'm still here. I haven't abandoned you. You thought I left you. You thought I'd forsaken you. You thought you were so far gone, but I have not abandoned you. I'm still here. I'm still here. So, he says, Father, I have sinned against heaven and against you. I am no longer worthy to be called your son. Treat me like one of your hired workers. So he got up and he went to his father. He had to go to the father. He had to move towards the father. He had to come to his senses and realize he can eat better at his father's house. So there has to be an action. The father just doesn't come to you. You're going to have to move to the father. You've got to do something. You can't just sit there and wait for him to show up. You're going to have to move towards him. So he went to the father's house. 
But while he was still a long way from his home, his father saw him and his heart went out to him. And he ran and hugged his son and he kissed him. Then his son said to him, Father, I have sinned. This was not, this is a different son that came back. This was not the arrogant, pretentious son, but it was a humble and broken man who tasted the world and had finally realized it was not worth pursuing. It was meaningless, and now he has hopes to be a humble servant in his father's house. Against heaven and against you, I'm no longer worthy to be called your son. But the father said to his slaves, hurry and bring the best robe and put a ring on him, on his finger and his sandals, and bring the fattened calf and kill it. Let us eat and celebrate because this son of mine, oh, see, see he, 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 you're, you're always the son. You're always a daughter. You don't, you don't just get to just think that you just lose that title. You don't get to lose that title. You're always a son and a daughter. And he said, because the son of mine was dead and he is alive again. He was lost and he is found. So they began to celebrate. He was back. The son is back. The son is back. I'm still here. I'm still here. You're always going to be my child. Oh, no, this, this father doesn't abandon you. He doesn't take off for the next great thing. He doesn't wander from dream to dream. No, this father, he's, he's always there. He's always watching. He's always waiting. And he's always reminding you, I'm still here. I'm still here. I haven't left you. It was two in the morning. I was woken up by my oldest. She must have had a nightmare. A terrible dream. <clears throat> Excuse me. She told me, can I sleep next to you? I said, no. You sleep in your own bed. So I carried her upstairs. And I did what I normally do. I prayed. And I said, God, help her to sleep and have great dreams. She looks at me and tells me she doesn't want to leave me. I said, why do you want me here? She said, because when I'm near you, I feel safe. In other words, after a bad dream, I want to feel safe. I don't feel safe up here by myself. It occurred to me this was something that my son was trying to communicate to me as well with greater difficulty. That when they're near their father at night, they feel safe. They don't worry about the monsters in the closet. They don't worry about the darkness that's outside. They know whatever comes their way, they have their father to protect them from it all. They're safe. I have no idea where this comes from or where this is perceived, but it must be cultural, maybe part is design. But I know as a father, I have an incredible influence on my kids' lives. And I can cause them to have tons of emotional baggage, which some of us have. Or I can send them into this world confident in their God-given abilities. It's amazing. I look at the statistics. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. Five times the national average. 
90% of homeless and runaway children are from fatherless homes, 32% the national average, 32 times the national average. 85% of all children who show some type of a behavior disorder come from fatherless homes. 80% of those who are rapists with anger problems come from fatherless homes because they didn't have a man to show them how to teach a woman. 71% of all high school dropouts come from fatherless homes, nine times the national average. I get it. Fathers have a great deal of influence and power in their kids' lives. This is why it is critical that fathers have to stay committed to God. That at the end of the day, it's not what I think is best. It's not what you think is best. But it's what God thinks is best for my children. Of course, I don't have the heart to tell these kids of mine that the reason they feel safe is not because of me. It's because what lives inside of me. One day they'll, they'll learn that their father is just as broken as the next guy. One day they'll learn that their father just has as much emotional baggage, as much frailty, and my short temper. I am a broken man, but I'm still here. And my goal is to point them to something bigger than me. Don't just believe me. Don't rely on me. If they only rely on me, then I failed as a father because I have to point to something bigger than me. See, when I say I'm here, it's limited. It's temporal. There's a time I will not be around and my kids will be on their own. That is why it's incredibly important to make sure my children have their eyes not fixed on me, but the true father. I am limited. I am broken, but God is perfect and he is eternal. I hope they understand that God will never leave them. He's always present. He shows mercy. I pray they don't have to eat carob pods before they realize that God is always there waiting for them. He's always there watching them. I have to point him to something bigger. When... Are we going to realize that God is here, that he has not abandoned us, that you are his child, and you don't have to do anything for that? There is no orphanages in heaven. There are no orphanages in the kingdom of God. There's no such thing as a fatherless thing in the kingdom. See, there's always a father. You all have a father. And he's not limited. He's not broken. He's not going to fail you. I know I'm going to fail my kids. I know. But I hope they get to a place where they understand I need to have that spirit that God has, that my dad has inside of me as well. I hope they realize that they need to have just as much of a relationship I have with this God that they do with me. Do you recognize the father in your life? Do you see he's compassionate and caring? Or has the world just given us care pods? And we've just taken what the world offers 
we don't realize that God has a fatted calf waiting for us. He's got something better. There's a better way. No, this is all that life has to offer. It's this terrible, terrible thing. I just have to accept it. No, you don't have to accept it. God has something better in store for you. You don't have to repeat the brokenness and the chain that you've had in your past. God can break that. You don't have to have the same. My kids don't have to have the same emotional baggage I have. I can change it. I can break that. Amen. The music could come. Will we turn to you and see the Father is right there? Compassion of the Father. You know, it's amazing, the story of the prodigal son. You know, he gets back, and there's the oldest son, and he's mad. He's angry. You've never, ever killed a fatted calf for me, Dad. Not even a goat. I've been working here like a slave. You've never recognized me. And here you are, this fool who spent all your money, and now you're treating him with compassion? He's both sides, right? Both sides of the extremes. Someone who's completely depraved and has gone off the deep end, and the bitter Pharisee. <laughs> both are present. And I, I, I love the father's response. He has compassion for both. He doesn't toss both sons to the side and says, well, get over yourself. No, he says, aren't you glad your, your brother is back? See, we, we didn't think he was going to come back, but he came back. You don't just get to not become a son. You can't renounce yourself from God. You're always a child of the Father. You always have a Father. This Father doesn't disappear. See, one day I'm going to disappear. One day they won't be able to lean on my understanding, but you can always lean on God and his understanding. You can always lean on his understanding and you can always lead that he's, he's going to give you the wisdom that you need for your life. See, God can provide things I can't provide for my kids. That's why it's so important for them to realize how important it is to, be, to have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They've got to have the infilling of the Holy Ghost. They've got to speak with other tongues. That's so important to have the Spirit of God living inside of them. They need to be baptized in these waters. They need to take on his name because they belong to him. That's important. Then that way, when I do disappear, that's all right. It doesn't matter. They have a father they can lean on. They have a father they can lean on. Will you accept him in your life? Will you invite him inside of you? Maybe if you don't have the Holy Ghost, you don't have the Spirit of God living inside of you, have you? Maybe today's the day you decide to let the Father live inside of you. Because I promise you, it will change your household. My kids have one thing clear. Their mom and dad are completely broken. But the reason their safety is because Jesus lives there. We have short tempers, all kinds of junk and baggage that just comes up. But at the end of the day, we have to submit to Jesus.
Will you invite him in your life? Please stand. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I'm still right here. Still right here. You can't get rid of this God. He just keeps following you. Maybe it's a good thing to turn back and see if he's there. Maybe we need to be reminded every once in a while. Once we stop studying the rock, just to kind of look back, just see, is he still there? Maybe it's a good thing. Yesterday, we were at the park. He wasn't looking back. <laughs> he was not looking back. He moved on. He's moved on. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Those are carapods, if you want to know what they are. No nutritional value. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, we love you. God, I pray, Jesus, there are some people who come to their senses, Jesus. I pray, Lord, stop eating carapods, Lord. They have no nutritional value, Lord. I know, Lord, right now, in the sound of my voice, there are people here, God, who are malnourished, Jesus. They are spiritually, Lord, God, starving, God, and they're just looking for anything. And I pray, God, let him eat the fatted calf that you offer. I know, Lord, there are some people here, Jesus, who have strained relationships, Jesus, and I pray, God, that you would be with them, God. That you would restore some of those relationships, Jesus. Oh, Lord, that you would, Lord, rewire them, God, to have those positive things in their brains. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. That you would rewire them, Lord God, to have a different lifestyle, Jesus. A different temperament, God. A different value system than what the world offers. Oh, Jesus, that you would change, God, our minds. Oh, hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Lord Jesus, I speak for the fathers that, Lord, that they would instill something in their kids' lives. That, Lord, long before they're gone, Lord Jesus, they would remember where there is safety, Jesus, and why they're safe. They're not safe, Jesus, because... We're powerful, Lord. They're safe because you live inside of us. We're not safe, Jesus, because we somehow have any wisdom, Lord God. They're safe, God, because you're inside of us, Jesus. Oh, there's safety in you, Jesus. There's safety in your will, Lord God. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, we love you, God. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Jesus. Oh, thank you, God, for giving us father figures in our lives, Lord God. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, for putting God, great men of God in our lives, Jesus. Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, I'm tired, Jesus. Help me, Lord. Let me lean on your understanding, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Jesus, 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 Jesus. I invite you in these altars right now in Jesus' name. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, Rosia, la, 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 la. Oh, you bring me safety, Jesus. You bring me wisdom, Lord. Ya, Rosia, la, 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 la,
Thank you, Jesus. 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 Oh, no, 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 Hallelujah, 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 Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Jesus. Oh, on your understanding, Jesus. I lean on your understanding, Jesus. Oh, let me have your compassion, Jesus. Oh, let me have your head, Jesus. Let me have your eyes, Jesus. Oh, let me be God, a positive figure in people's life, Jesus. Let me be a positive male figure in people's life, Lord God. Help me, God, to point people to you, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus, 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 Oh, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. I pray someone comes to their senses, Lord. Oh, you're still there, Jesus. Oh, you're still walking with them, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Oh, I'm still here, Jesus. I'm still here, Jesus. I'm still here, Jesus. I'm still here. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Now he saved me. How he raised me. How he filled me with the Holy Ghost. How he healed me with the uttermost. When I think about the Lord. How he picked me up and turned me around. How he placed my feet on solid ground. Makes me want to shout. Hallelujah, 
thank you, Jesus, and Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. Makes me want to shout hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus, Lord, you're worthy of all the glory and all the honor and all the praise. When I think about the Lord, how he healed me, how he healed me, how he healed me with the Holy Ghost, how he healed me. To the uttermost, when I think about the Lord, how He picked me up and turned me around, how He placed my feet on solid ground, it makes me want to shout. You know he's worthy oh you're worthy jesus hallelujah say call your king hallelujah oh of all the glory and the honor she called your hallelujah 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 i'm thinking about this message and i'm feeling the presence of god in this place I thought about the just a taste and, and, and what Arash preached today. And I want, I want all of you 
men who feel insignificant. And I want all of us women who think of men as insignificant to cancel that thought, cross it out and go to what thus saith the Lord. You matter, men are valuable. You're not just the breadwinners in your house. I know that's what the church tells us. You're, you're just there to make the money, right? You're the provider, right? But let me tell you something. You provide spiritual protection for that family. You provide physical comfort. You are nurturers, right? It's not just the women who can nurture. That's why those children feel that safety. That's why that children feel that love. Let me tell you something. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I was going to say I'm a girl. I'm not a girl anymore. But I'm a girl who grew, who grew up without a father. And I was of the mindset that you don't need a man. I had a mama who could make it happen. Right? And some of you are mamas who are making it happen. Because we have to. Right? We had no choice. We did the best we could. We're doing the best we can. But I'm telling you, women, we got to choose better, right? You, we got to choose better. And we got to teach our daughters to choose better. But there's, there's some things that only a man can do. It, it's just the truth, right? And so when you know better, you do better. It's my point. This is Father's Day, right? I'm talking to fathers here. I'm talking about those who have been relegated to second class by this society that we live in. Because this society doesn't give value to men. I was a woman who didn't give value to men. And I'm thankful for Arthur Cooper. And I'm thankful for the men in this church. And I'm thankful for a God. A God of restoration. We got to start thinking right. We got to start letting the word cancel all of this foolishness. Because our families and our homes and our, are suffering. Our boys are suffering. Our daughters are suffering. They don't have any role model. You're the man in that house that they first see what it, what it looks like to be a man. Some of us, you know, don't have, we even have a hard time calling God father because the father was absent or the one that we knew wasn't right. I'm just saying that to say that men, your role is significant. It's significant to those children, significant to that wife. It's significant in this community, right? And there's no substitute for you in your homes. Thank God for Jesus. I'm thinking about when I came to the Lord at 25 and I was on a crazy path at 25, but my heavenly father stepped in, right? And he did what mine didn't do. I'm not even bashing him. My father did the best he could based on a, whatever his father's situation. I mean, I'm, I'm not criticizing men. We, 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 you know, we find ourselves wherever we find ourselves, right? And brokenness begets brokenness and it just keeps going. But all I'm saying is to, to Arash's point this morning, we have a heavenly father who will fill in the gap. He will, he will teach you. He will, he will nurture you. He will hold you. He will protect you in that midnight hour, right? But I'm, I'm talking to the men who you matter. You got children, you're not taking care of them, step up. There's no excuse. There's no excuse for not being present in the lives of your children. Don't accept it. Well, that woman won't let me make it your business. What a woman won't let you do, you can go to the courthouse and make happen. I'm, I'm, I'm just talking about cancel any excuse you have for not being in your children's life. There's phones, there's internet. There's, you know, go across town, whatever you have to do, there's no excuse. You matter. 
you are you are an integral part of the family and of our communities. So thank God, thank you fathers. I'm looking at many of you, right? Thank you fathers and grandfathers. Thank you for stepping up. You matter. 